you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll find your place in Matthew chapter number 6, as we continue to think together about these very important words. Lord, the disciples said, teach us to pray. And then the Lord said, here's how you pray. So we're looking these days at uh, the disciples' prayer, the Lord's prayer, however you want to call it. He taught his disciples to pray these things. So all of us who are here today who are followers of Jesus, this is part of our prayer life. This, these words are a guide to the way in which we pray, and they are themselves very important words that we would say to the Lord. So Matthew chapter 6 is where we'll be looking in just a moment. I'll continue to pray as you are. Thank you for your feedback regarding foster care. We have a lot of different uh, things coming from you as a church, and I appreciate that. I keep emailing us, sending them to us, uh, speaking to us about it. Uh, we're glad for that. This month, there are a lot of very important things uh, that the Lord has provided for us, and a great story in it. We won't tell all of it now, the, but we have the opportunity to speak with a number of, of um, government leaders about um, foster care and r our relationship to that work, and we'll say more about it. The Lord is doing some wonderful things. When, you, when, you, when it just starts coming to you, coming our way, we know that that's because God is uh, honoring us in our desire and our prayer uh, to help and assist in foster care. And also, uh, we see some wonderful needs. So today, as we pray uh, for uh, foster care, I want to guide you to, to think about this. If you read the audit, you know one of the, one of the challenges for foster children is health care needs. And so uh, you can read that section. If you haven't read the audit, it's on the website. I encourage you as a church member uh, to look at those uh, words that will help you understand the real condition of, of foster children in Tennessee. Think about the blessing of having your children be able to go for all kinds of, of health matters. Their eyes, their teeth, their, their bodies. I'm praying that many of our own uh, physicians that we know in our area will be willing to give some of their time and some of their expertise, uh, perhaps to help with this. There are great needs among foster children with their health issues. And so we wanna pray about that today. So Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. Yours is the greatness and the power and the majesty is yours. We pray your kingdom come and that the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. He will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. For the Lord, our God Almighty, reigns through the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask today, we, we plead and we petition on behalf of these helpless ones. You have promised to be the father of the fatherless. And we present, to these, we present these to you. We don't even know them by name. You know all of their circumstances. We pray for these dear foster children of all ages. We pray that, they might, that, that you might provide for them 
the medical needs that they have to assist them in their life. We thank you for the work of the government in seeking to provide uh, financial assistance and the work of providing places for them to live when they're without a foster home. We pray that you would call out even in our church and the other churches of the Lord Jesus Christ in Tennessee, families who would step forward and be foster parents. We pray for the Baptist Children's Home and their wonderful work with well over a hundred foster children. Bless Brother McCoy and all the rest of them today. Now, Lord, we ask that you would help us to hear your word and teach us to pray today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew 6, 5, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full, but you... You disciples, when you pray, go into your inner room and close your door and pray to your Father, to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of the Word of God. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, we need your... We need your assistance so that we might know the Word of God. Teach us your Word today. Teach us these very wonderful, important words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring them to our heart and mind. Challenge us in our prayer life to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our focal truth today is this, that when you pray, when you pray, the Lord Jesus teaches us, pray for the kingdom of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come on the earth. This is what the Lord is saying. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Three words. Your kingdom come, we pray. Why would Jesus teach disciples to pray, your kingdom come? He has said, hallowed be your name. And we talked about this in detail last week. I cannot repeat myself. Your kingdom come is now the next request. Your kingdom come. The word kingdom means rule or reign or kingship. Your kingdom, your reign, your rule, your kingship, your sovereignty. 
your authority, your lordship, your lordship come. And the word come means may it come. May your kingship come. May your rule come quickly. May your, there's an urgency to it. Come now. Let it take place now is the praying. So the Lord Jesus is reminding us here, as we begin our prayer, we first begin by praying our Father. We meet our Father, our Heavenly Father in prayer. He meets us there. We may meet Him. That is the priority, not ourselves. We're quickly reminded the importance of hallowing His name in prayer and doing those things that we must do. And now we're reminded of the kingdom. The kingdom. What is God's kingdom? It is His reign through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there are two spiritual kingdoms in the created order. Two. The first is the kingdom of darkness. That is a kingdom of lies. It is a rule and a reign, a, do a dominion of lies that come from the devil. It is a dominion or a kingdom of darkness where people do not know which way to go. They do not understand righteousness and truth. They do not know what is right and wrong. They make up for themselves what they think is right and they live in darkness. It is a, it is a dominion of lies and darkness and it's a place of blindness to the truth of God's Word. It is an unwillingness on the part of men and women to agree or believe the truths of God's Word that the Lord Jesus has shared and that the Word of God gives us. It is a kingdom of bondage. It is a all around us we see the ravages and the ruin and the misery of people who live in bondage to drugs and alcohol and sexual sin and perversion and materialism and covetousness, and I could go on. Bondage. It is a kingdom of bondage and a kingdom ruled by the evil one, as the Lord called him the God of this world, who rules this, this dark, lie-filled, blind bondage, place of bondage, which leads to eternal death. There's nothing in this kingdom but death. The wages of sin is death. And the evil one seeks to take as many to hell with him as he can. This is, this is the kingdom into which we were all born. This is what happened when we came into this world. We came into this world and sinned just as Adam. We did the same thing. We live in our own selfishness. We question God's authority. We believe Satan's lies. And we put ourselves on the throne. We rule our own kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness continues from generation to generation. But there is the kingdom of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a kingdom of truth. It is a kingdom of light. It is a kingdom of salvation from the bondage of sin. It is a kingdom ruled by the Lord Jesus Christ. A kingdom of eternal life. And it is a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, which shall come again to this earth when the Lord Jesus returns. I read to you as I begin this morning from Revelation chapter 1. You don't have to turn there. I'd just like for you to listen to these words. 
It is the opening of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse number 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory, to him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to God the Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So today we pray, your kingdom come. When you pray, do you pray for the kingdom of God to come? Do you pray, hallowed be your name? Do you practice in your praying to God the Father, this practice of hallowing his name and committing yourself to not take his name in vain and live for him? But now we find ourselves, your kingdom come. I have four ways in which I want to describe to you what I believe, and these are just some of many things that we could use to describe what is meant by this phrase of this prayer. But I give you these four because I believe they, they cover some very good, uh, very good ground for us today. Your kingdom come. Number one, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come. And please notice the, the, the words that I'm using. Invade the kingdom of darkness on the earth. That's what we pray when we pray. We pray for the continued invasion of grace and truth that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, come Lord Jesus, invade. Invade the kingdom of darkness on the earth. We pray, your kingdom come Lord Jesus, reign in your people while they live in the midst of the kingdom of darkness on the earth. We pray, your kingdom come, Lord Jesus, save lost sinners from the kingdom of darkness on the earth. And we pray, your kingdom come, Lord Jesus, return to this earth, physically, literally, to destroy the kingdom of darkness on the earth. We pray, your kingdom come, invade the darkness. We pray your kingdom come, reign in your people while they serve you in a world of darkness. We pray your kingdom come, save the lost who are blinded and living in bondage in the darkness. And we pray, come back, return and destroy the kingdom of darkness and be glorified in this world. So let's think about each of these for just a moment together. Let me take you through some thoughts on this that I hope will be helpful to you. When I pray, your kingdom come, Lord Jesus, invade the kingdom of darkness on the earth. You know, we must think about this is this wonderful truth of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says it best in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13. I'll just read it to you. 
uh, we, we give thanks, uh, Paul says in Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. You see, this is what happens when you're born again. God the Father saves us. You're qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For He rescued us. God the Father rescued us, listen, from the domain, the dominion, the kingdom of darkness. And has transferred us. This is what happened to every saved person who hears my voice today. This is what was spiritually happening to you when you called upon the name of the Lord, repented of your sins, and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Out of a world of darkness, out of bondage, out of your sin, God transferred you from the domain of darkness and He transferred you to the kingdom of His beloved Son. You see, the Lord Jesus stood there before Pilate. What an interesting conversation with that, uh, that puppet ruler, Pilate. He was doing only what he was told by Caesar. He was a puppet, puppet governor, a puppet king. And Pilate, in all of his grandeur and glory and his pride, speaking to the Lord Jesus, Are you a king? And the Lord Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. He didn't say, Well, I hope I'll have a kingdom or I'd like to have a kingdom. He said, My kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world. Paul reminds us that when the Lord Jesus died on the cross and when He rose from the dead, He received a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on the earth, below the earth, and every tongue universally will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Kurios, King, Sovereign. He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the Lord Jesus is the one with this glorious name. He is the one whom the book of Hebrews reminds us sat down after He died for our sins and rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and He sat on the throne. He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Hebrews goes on to say, reminds us of that mysterious, mysterious language between God the Father and God the Son. In Hebrews 1.8, your throne, God the Father says to God the Son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. He said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. You see, the Lord Jesus invaded the world in His first coming as Savior and Lord. He came as light and life into the world and the kingdom of darkness. He invaded this world. His invasion was rather strange. He came and He became a baby. He came and was born of a virgin. He lived among us. He grew like all of us grow. He went through all the stages of life. Boys and girls, the Lord Jesus was submissive to His parents. He did what His mother and father taught Him to do. He obeyed them. He grew in His wisdom and His, and his stature and His favor with God and men. And then He began His ministry. And as John the Apostle reminds us in John 1, in Jesus Christ was life. He invaded a world of death and darkness and sin. And He invaded 
bringing life. In Him was life, and the life that He brought was the light of men who sat in darkness. The light shines in the darkness. This is for us today. The light still shines in the darkness as we preach and talk about the Lord Jesus. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overpower the light that is in Jesus Christ. He came that people might have life and have it more abundantly. We learn that if we confess with our mouths Jesus as Lord, as King, as sovereign of our life. As we, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as king and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see this invasion, this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal word of God, is an invasion of grace and truth into a world where there is no grace, where there is no truth, where there is nothing but death and darkness and lies and bondage coming from the power of the evil one. The Lord Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. When he started his ministry, what was the message? What was the central focus of Jesus preaching? Repent, the kingdom of God is here. That's what the Lord Jesus said. He came he invaded this dark world, this kingdom of darkness, and declared that the kingdom of God, the reign of God, had come in his person. He went everywhere. He went and healed. He went and rose from the, he raised people from the dead. He cast out demons. He healed. He, and remember the one time John the Baptist was worried, are you the one? Have you, are you really the, the promise? Or he was having his doubts. And what does the Lord send back word? Tell John, the blind receive their sight. This is, the, this is the invasion. This is the invasion of the kingdom of God through the Son of God on the earth. The blind receive their sight. The sick are healed. And the lame walk and the dead are raised. And he could have gone on. And demons cringe and say, what do we have to do with you, Holy One of God? You see the seeds of the kingdom of God the invasion of grace and truth through the Lord Jesus Christ planted the seeds of the kingdom of God and the apostles wrote these words down. We have read them and many of us in this room have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and because of that, the kingdom of God now reigns inside of your life because the Lord Jesus has become the Lord of your life. So secondly, we pray not only for you to invade this world, but to do the invading through your people. How would it be that God would, through the Lord Jesus Christ, leave us here in a godless, wicked world? How are you going to handle that in your life? He has left us here as the light of the world, he says. Matthew, right here. You have, we're the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. We're the salt of the earth. We are to be the salt and light. We are those people in whom people can see the reign of Jesus Christ. You see, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ begins, first of all, in the lives of his people who live in the midst of people who live under the rule of the devil. This is what we're here to do. We live under the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the invasion of grace and truth 
has been left generation after generation in the hearts and the mouths of God's people. That's why we're here. That's what we're to do. We're to do our work in this world. How did, how did uh, Peter describe it? We're to, we're to display the excellencies of Him who called us. Look, all of us in this room who were once unsaved, you were in the darkness, but now you're in the light. You proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into the light. This is, this is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ that when I pray, I pray that the invasion of grace and truth will continue to take place generation to generation until Jesus comes again through His people. Are you today, are you committed to following Jesus? You see, unless you are born again, what did the Lord say? You cannot enter the kingdom of God. The reign of God will never come in your life until you are born again. You must be born again. And even here in Matthew, in this wonderful message the Lord gives, He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. The reign of the Lord Jesus Christ comes when I know I am utterly empty and helpless to do anything for myself spiritually and I cannot save myself. I have no way out. I'm living in bondage. I'm living in darkness. I'm believing lies and I turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and I am saved and hallelujah, He begins to change my life. We are those who seek first the kingdom of righteousness. Here's what the Lord said when He's talking about worry. When He's talking about worry, Matthew 6, It's right here on these pages you have before you. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Is that true in your life today? What are you seeking today? What is it that you find? So we pray your kingdom come, reign in your people. Reign in your people that they might be your people. That they might confess Jesus before people in this world. The Lord said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. You see, the believer in Jesus Christ, we pray for one another. This is how we pray for each other to be bold in our witness. We pray, your kingdom come. Reign in your people so that they might share the gospel. Reign in your people so that we might live like the Lord Jesus. It's why we have on our sign out there, be Jesus to someone today. Why do we say that? It is because we have been changed by the power of God through, our, through confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And because of that, we go everywhere. And in this dark world, we, we practice being salt and light. Salt and light. And as we do, we recognize that the Lord Jesus is the head of the church. Make no doubt about it. The head of every church is the Lord Jesus Christ. The body of believers, we all come under His authority. Your kingdom come. How we pray for the reign of Christ to be real in the life of even our church today. Oh, our Father in heaven... May the reign of Jesus Christ be seen and evident in the lives of the people of First Baptist Church Dixon. Third, we pray your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Save lost sinners. When you're praying your kingdom come, you're praying, may the invasion of grace and truth continue. You're praying your kingdom come. You're praying, may you reign 
And may you be glorified in the lives of your people who live still in a world of people in darkness. And then when you pray your kingdom come, you're praying, save the lost. Save the lost. Your kingdom come. Save the lost who are living in darkness. Whatever else you want to say about your lost friends, we've, we've been talking about who's your one these days. And many of you have taken that seriously. And many of you have shared the gospel with your one. As you sit with your one, think about this. Think about this. I'm going to read from Paul. This is a description of the condition of your lost friend, family member, or neighbor. The God of this world, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They are blinded. They cannot believe. What do they need? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. May the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ find a footing in their mind. May the light come on. May the Holy Spirit begin to draw them and show them the glory of Christ. May they come to their senses as they hear the gospel. It's the same as happened to you. That's what happened to you. The mystery of how it happened, we'll never truly under, understand it. But this is what we pray, your kingdom come. Lord Jesus, save lost sinners who are living in darkness. That's what the Lord said He came to do. And He also reminds us of this. This is the judgment that light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light. Their deeds are evil. I don't want to come into the light. I'll have to confess that I'm an evil person, that I'm a godless person. But in order to be saved, we must go and share the gospel light. We must share the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus Christ died on the cross and he was buried. And after three days, he rose victorious from the grave so that men and women, boys and girls, might be saved, but there's one last thing. I try to keep it before you every week. It is because your pastor genuinely practices and seeks to live by this truth that the Lord Jesus' return is very soon. If I know He is coming, I will behave and live as someone who knows the Lord Jesus is about to come again. It is said, as the Lord said it, to the disciples, after he described the seasons of time, the seasons of time that would show his coming, when you see all of these things, remember he is near to the door. James says it, the judge is near to the door. Paul says it repeatedly, the end of all things is at hand. The end is near. I say to this church today, and everyone who hears my voice, the end is near. The end is near. This generation may not pass away before the Lord Jesus comes in glory. You see the Lord Jesus, your kingdom come is a prayer for the Lord Jesus Christ to literally, physically return to this earth to destroy the kingdom of darkness and for the total glory of God to be seen in the fulfillment of His promises to Israel and to finish what has to be done in this old world. 
You see, the Lord Jesus will return to the earth and take the church to heaven. The Lord Jesus will return to the earth and He will judge the nations. They deserve to be judged. They deserve judgment because they do not believe. The Lord Jesus will return to the earth and destroy Satan's kingdom. It will take the Lord Jesus Christ Himself to destroy this awful, terrible reign of darkness and terror from Satan. And the Lord Jesus will return and He will reign for a thousand years on the earth from Jerusalem. And then all things will become new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. I want you to turn with me as we finish today to these wonderful words in the book of Revelation. If you have your Bible, find your place in Revelation number 19. I want us to read together. If not, listen carefully. Revelation chapter 19. As the book of Revelation is finishing, we read these glorious words. Your kingdom come is what we're praying. Now listen. And I saw heaven opened. Revelation 19.11 I saw heaven opened. And behold a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword so that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Verse 20, And the beast was seized. And with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded 
because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast in his, of his, or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Your kingdom come. May you come again. When you come again, Lord Jesus, come, come and destroy the kingdom of Satan. And from, from your coming, set things in order and may the truth of God be known from sea to sea across this broken and godless world. And may the, may the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ shine from Zion for a thousand years. This, your kingdom come. What is more glorious than the ending, of, the ending of things coming with the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth? I submit to some of you need to hear this. He came here literally, physically the first time. He will come again literally, physically, not spiritually, the second time. And that is why we turn one page over and I say it to you week by week as my prayer and hopefully your prayer. The last, the last words in the book of Revelation, Revelation 22:20. He who testifies to these things says, red letters, yes, I am coming quickly. Yes, I am coming quickly, says the Lord Jesus. Amen, John writes. Come, Lord Jesus. You see, we pray, come, Lord Jesus, just like we pray, come in your kingdom. Your kingdom come, and then what do we say? Come, Lord Jesus. Your kingdom come, Come, Lord Jesus. When was the last time you prayed with any fervent desire for Jesus to come to the earth again? This is how we pray. Your kingdom come, invade by your grace and truth, Lord Jesus Christ, this dark, godless dominion of darkness. Reign among your people. Your kingdom come. Reign in the lives of your people so that they might be your troops, your soldiers, your people in this dark world to share the truth of the gospel and save your kingdom come. Save lost sinners out of the darkness and come Lord Jesus. Come. Destroy. Finish. Rectify. Make things right. Finish the work of your promises to Israel. Deal with what you must do. Come. Your kingdom come. Come, Lord Jesus. So what do we remember today as we finish? Well, the Lord Jesus is the King and Lord of the kingdom. I don't know how else I could have said it to you. One of the things I'm trying to encourage you as a church to do, I said it to you when we started talking about this prayer. If you don't know what to pray, pray these words. If you don't know what to say, pray these words. Pray them with your heart. Pray them genuinely. That's why I'm taking all this time to go through them and elaborate on these phrases that are in this great prayer for us because it helps you understand how you're praying. But you see, as we pray, we pray the words of the Lord. We pray the words of God to the Lord. This is a beautiful thing to do.
as Paul was finishing Timothy, his first letter to Timothy, the young preacher. He breaks into praise, 1 Timothy 6.15. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. Listen, this is the way we pray. This is how we hallow His name. To Him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. That's what we say. Hallowed be Your name, Lord Jesus. Come. Come. When we pray for God's kingdom to come, you know what we're doing? We're saying... I'm in total submission to you. You know, the best thing about prayer is it brings you to have to bow. You must bow your heart. You must bow. You must yield your mind. Because this prayer we're learning is first about glorifying our Father. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yours, yours, yours. When you pray, you are submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ. But there may be some listening to me today, you still live as a rebel against God. You still live as self-controlling. You are your own sovereign. You sit on the throne of your life. You think that you know best and God doesn't. You refuse to hear what God's Word says. You refuse His grace. You refuse His mercy. You refuse His love. You go on in your sins. Some of us in this room, we are religious people, but we are lost in our sins. We are not living for God. We have not surrendered, you see, in order for me to be born again. I must bow the knee. I must confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I must be willing to yield myself, strip myself of myself, and come, and come as a poor spiritual person and say, if I don't have you, Lord Jesus, I cannot make it right. I must repent of my sins. And some today need to repent of your sins and confess Jesus as Lord. And I say to you finally, the kingdom of God has come. He has invaded this dark world in the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but He is coming again. He will be with us soon. His promise is three times in Revelation 22. I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. And what the Lord says, He always does. So today, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. He's about to come through the door. He's about to come to judge the nations, to destroy Satan's kingdom, and to reign on this earth. He is coming are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you living as though He is about to return? That's why the church that prays our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, quickly says, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus.